What's going on, y'all? And you are back inside the room. Uh, happy Sunday. Happy Sunday to you all. Hopefully, you all are still feasting off Thanksgiving, um, a great time with your family and friends. Man, I know I had an amazing time. Special shout out to my uh, my cousin, uh, Katrina. She hosted uh, our family uh, this year. It was a little over maybe about 15 of us, um, but it was absolutely amazing family in from all over. Uh, and I absolutely love the holiday season. Uh, I'm from the Northeast corner uh, over here in Connecticut and the weather, New England weather is a little different. Uh, so, you know, one holiday you might luck up and get some snow or it might be a hundred degrees outside, who knows? But nonetheless, I like the idea and I like the feeling of having uh, family around and being able to reminisce and all that good stuff. Uh, I want to hear your stories. I want to hear y'all stories. Y'all hit me up. Share your stories, some funny moments. Um, all the memes, y'all, that I've seen. <laughs> Congratulations to each and every one of you uh, for not taking pictures of horrible plated food on paper plates. Please don't do that. Um, the other the other piece in all of this is you folks who overuse aluminum foil. Um, I hate it. I hate it. I, it, it. Anyway, I'm not even gonna go down that, that road, but nonetheless, okay. One of the things, <laughs> one of the things that, I want to share with you, and as we as we draw, um, you know, to the close of of 2022, um, there are so many things that we tend uh, to prepare ourselves for. Obviously, you know, you prepare yourself for Christmas, um, Christmas holiday season, um, but many of you are preparing, like myself, preparing for 2023. Not that I am rushing through 2022, y'all. Uh, but, you know, I am just, as I approach 40, um, I don't know, I'm just thinking about a lot of things, uh, thinking about uh, the future of my children and the legacy that I will leave. And you want to get some things in order, right? But before we talk about all of that heavy, deep stuff, I want to, I, I just want to share with you some basics um, as you all prepare uh, to spend your money, all right? I want you to not spend all your money on God knows what, especially those of you who participated in Black Friday this past week. Y'all calm down and breathe, okay? But there are five, there are five ways uh, you can enjoy this Christmas holiday and also save money. Um, I got to get Bilal the financial uh, advisor back on here to talk a little bit about the importance of not going completely broke, not going broke at all during this Christmas holiday, all right? Number one, real simple, create a holiday budget, okay? Some people set up size savings throughout the year for a holiday fund. Um, I used to laugh at my grandma you know, she would go to the bank and she would tell the bank teller, hey, I want a portion of my check or my monies to go to my holiday fund. And I just never understood it at the time. 
Uh, but clearly, Grandma, she knew exactly what she was doing because at the end of the year, all of us got everything that we wanted in terms of gifts, okay? So if you're one of these financially savvy people, congratulations to you. You can utilize your holiday budget. Now, it's a little too late for that right now. Uh, we are embarking upon the final month of this year. <laughs> so, um, yeah, next time, create a holiday budget, okay? Secondly, um, Take a holiday job, right? I should have talked about this back in June. Uh, but some of y'all, some of you all could be, you know, a personal gift shopper. The job requires just shopping for other people. Retail establishments, they often require, you know, clothes, accessories, all that good stuff. What about gift uh, wrapping? You can do that. Customer service, Santa photo, uh, photographer, snow removal driver. I'm not getting out there, but that's just an idea. Number three, make DIY Christmas gifts. Do-it-yourself Christmas gifts, okay? Um, <laughs> anyway, I, uh, I'll skip that one. Um, sugar cookies, you can make that. Uh, candles, custom soap bar. Maybe not. Let's move on. Um, number four, start new traditions with your family. For those lucky enough to spend Christmas Christmas with your family uh, members, you and your loved ones can save massive amounts if you start new traditions. Um, for example, you can, some of us do this. I know we've done it in my family. You can exchange gift activities, right? If you usually spend the holidays with 10 other people spending 15 to $20 or maybe even $25 per gift, you know, would equal about, I don't know, $250 or so. Um, but here, here's an idea for saving money during the holidays, starting a new tradition. Ask everyone to create a wish list of five items worth $100 and below. Draw lots of digitally um, to assign one gift giver to every family member and have everybody pick one product from the list and buy it. We usually call that a secret Santa. You can do that. Start a new tradition. One of the traditions that we're starting, and this is not about saving, well, maybe it is about saving money as well. I'll throw it in there. I have never, as a child, experienced uh, the elf on the shelf tradition. Uh, and so I will start that this year with my girls. My wife is in on it. Hopefully she'll stick to the program, y'all. <laughs> but I'm super excited about it um, because my girls are as well. All right. And finally, remember the purpose of Christmas. We all know that Christmas is traditionally a religious holiday commemorating the birth of Jesus Christ, which he wasn't born on Christmas, but nonetheless, remember that it's not just about um, luxury or luxurious vacations and lavish gifts. Instead, it's a time of joy, peace, reflection, and great tidings, okay? And so if you spend a lot of money on gifts this year, don't underestimate the power of your presence. Your time means more to your loved ones than any material thing your money can buy, all right? So do me a favor. 
as we close out this year, I want you all to keep your finances in check. Please, 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 by all means, let's not go broke for the Christmas holiday. All right? Y'all with me? Are you really with me? Or are you literally about to go to the store <laughs> as you're listening to me? Uh, but anyway, y'all do me that favor. Keep your finances locked in and in control, right? Going into the new year. And last week I said that I was going to share with you some really, 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 really um, amazing news regarding myself. Um, I recently started my own business, y'all, the McGee Firm. Uh, finally, 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 um, I started an LLC and I'm so uh, extremely proud of myself. That was one thing on my bucket list that I wanted to do. And I did it. Uh, it's a consultancy uh, providing all types of services. Uh, and I'll talk a little bit more, uh, but I want, I want to encourage all of you as I do every single week at the end of my time with you, um, I try to get you to do some things for yourself, all right? And that was something that I had been holding back. And I'm so very proud of myself that I, I, I took that leap of faith uh, to start my own business. Um, and there are so many benefits to that, all right? But we'll talk about that at another time. So on today's sort of list of things I want to talk about, um, obviously we got you know, your Christmas, your Christmas shopping out of the way, but I, I want it on a more serious tip. Um, I, I want to dive back into the Georgia Senate runoff between uh, Reverend Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker, provide some updates there. Um, I also, you know, over the last week or so, we've experienced some very traumatic um, incidents, uh, killings, mass shootings in this country. Uh, and I'm going to talk about, I'm not a therapist, but I do want to talk about coping in the aftermath of, of a lot of these, these shootings. Um, and then lastly, I want to pivot um, into an early sort of clue on Trump's Republican support and also where we are going um, uh, from, from our midterm election as we gear up for the presidential elections, okay, or election. So do me another favor, text a friend, remind your family member, Brandon McGee is on and everybody's inside the room but them. So they gotta get here, all right? So we're gonna play some music. Y'all keep it locked right here on the official FUBU radio where the movement has only just begun, all right? Keep it locked. What's going on, y'all? And welcome back inside the room. You're with Brandon McGee, where we discuss politics, leadership, and culture. Let's jump right back into today's discussion. And last week, um, I spent a great deal talking um, on the importance of our folks in Georgia stepping up, stepping out, um, knocking on doors, making phone calls, giving financial support as well. Um, while I am unable to travel to Georgia, um, I have given my donation uh, and will be making some phone calls, all right, um, alongside a group of colleagues here in the state of Connecticut, 
and I'm super, super excited about the work that has gone into Reverend Warnock's campaign. Now, step away from my partisan support of Reverend Warnock. Um, I just want to give you a high-level update as to where we are uh, there in Georgia with this um, election, or rather runoff, between Democratic Senator Raphael Warnock and GOP's Herschel Walker. Uh, Reverend Warnock has a big campaign cash advantage over GOP's Walker uh, going into the runoff election. Now, there are a couple key points that I really, really, really need you to take away, okay? Democratic Senator um, Raphael Warnock's campaign had almost three times as much cash on hand as GOP candidate Herschel Walker's campaign in the run up to Georgia's runoff um, Senate election, all right? Run up, meaning pre-election, going into November 8th. Now we are going into the runoff, which will happen next month, all right? We also know that Warnock had just over $29 million on hand as of November 16th. Compared to his, his, his opponent, Herschel Walker had over $9.8 million in the bank heading into the final weeks of the midterm election, okay? That is something that you should know, but that's all according to new federal election commission filings, all right? Warnock, who is trying to defend his seat uh, in this very tight race, um, is working really, really hard uh, to secure his re-election. We know that the runoff, and again, I'm just reminding y'all, I'm reminding y'all, the runoff election is scheduled for December 6th. Uh, the battle between Warnock and Walker went into another round, um, and this is pre, okay, pre-runoff, but um, they went into another round after neither contender garnered the 50% of the vote needed to clinch the seat um, outright under the state rules during the November 8th uh, midterms, okay? Currently, uh, Warnock, uh, he is leading Walker by about four points, um, four percentage points, according to an AARP poll. Um, one final point on all of this is that Democrats will hold Senate control in the next Congress with at least 50 seats, all right? The Georgia race will determine whether they can gain an outright majority and likely rely less often on Vice President Kamala Harris's tie-breaking vote. In the midterms, Democratic flipped Pennsylvania's GOP held Senate seat and defended contested seats in Arizona and Nevada. Listen, I need y'all to just go out and I wish, you know, I wish, I wish I lived in Georgia. My God, I, I just need y'all to go out and vote, okay? I also just found out, sorry, I'm going back into partisan politics, partisan politics, meaning I am a huge supporter of Herschel Walker. I have not received any financial contributions or paid advertisement from Herschel. I just believe he will support democracy. 
He will not vote against the will of the people. And he will also support women's rights and equality and equity. Nonetheless, guess who does not live in Georgia? Herschel Walker. Now, I I read that somewhere and um, I don't know how factual it is, uh, but it is worth doing some investigation. Now, it says that, you know, Herschel Walker, all right, who's running against Raphael Warnock in Georgia, still gets tax break on $3 million Texas residents. Yeah, I'm going to let that sit a little bit. But according to uh, Tarrant County Property and Tax Records, Walker claimed a homestead exemption on his four-bedroom home in Westlake in 2021 and, and is expected to do so again this year, even after he registered to vote in Georgia last year. Uh, Walker has since voted in two elections there. And the exemption saved Walker more than $1,200 on his property tax bill last year. Records show from the Tarrant County Tax Assessor's Collector's uh, Office and would net him more than $1,500 in savings this year. Now, uh, let me just put this out there, okay? Because I, I could hear y'all now. I could hear y'all now talking. Um, folks own more than one home homes okay they 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 do um i know i know quite a few folks who are in elected positions they own several homes they're doing fairly well um and that's fine but i do believe though that in this particular instance um it it it, it might be worth you know just a deeper dive <laughs> into the whereabouts of Mr. Walker. Uh, I, I am not going to spend any more time on whether or not Herschel lives in Georgia or Texas, because if you have the financial means to have multiple homes, hey, do it. That's my goal. I desire to do the same. <laughs> like, seriously, I desire to do that. But for you folks who live in Georgia, this should be another reason why you support the candidacy of Raphael Warnock. Not because this man uh, has multiple homes and maybe Hersh uh, uh, Raphael Warnock does not. I don't know. And, 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 and for the record, I don't really care. But I did bring it up because it made news and it was something that um, piqued my interest, and I heard. I also heard it on Sean um, Sean uh, King's um, Instagram page, and it was worth it was worth taking a look at and, and, and reading. But anywho, y'all make sure y'all get out and vote on December sixth. Um, that is a very very important election. Um, 
you know, shout out to uh, Pastor Jamal or Bishop Jamal Bryant, um, who is being a leading voice there in Georgia uh, with a lot of folks in the faith-based space, uh, but also just a leader in his own regard, his own right, uh, pushing forward um, the importance of civic engagement uh, from uh, a faith leader's perspective. And I am just so very proud uh, that um, Pastor Brian is able to, to utilize his platform uh, there in Georgia, among many other folk, y'all. Uh, but this is one race that you all should continue to pay attention to. Um, I know I will. And I, I'm looking forward uh, to seeing Reverend Warnock on the other side. All right. So what do I want to talk about next? Oh, yes, y'all. Now, I know some of y'all are saying, Brandon, we enjoy hearing you, but when are you bringing some more guests on your show? I am. I am in the process literally of building out my schedule for 2023. Um, I am just so geeked about uh, the new format and all of the new guests that will be coming on and just bringing some more energy to inside the room. I believe, I believe, and I'm saying it and I'm calling out special shout out to all of my colleagues in the FUBU family. <laughs> inside the room will be the highest viewed listened to show for 2023. That's my prayer. <laughs> That's my prayer. Um, but yeah, I, I I am so looking forward to uh, 2023 and all of the great things that we have happening uh, right here inside the room. But I, I want to segue. I want to segue. Um, you all know that this country um, so far, America, has seen at least 601 mass shootings so far in 2022. Yes, 601 mass shootings so far in 2022. You remember on May 14th, a racist attack at a Buffalo, New York supermarket snatched the lives of 10 people and left three more injured. It was the deadliest mass shooting of the year in the United States for just over a week. 10 days later, a gunman targeted a fourth grade class at an elementary school in Uvalde, Texas, killing 21 and injuring 17. It was the deadliest school shooting in America since Sandy Hook. Mass shootings happen in the US with depressing regularity. The nation has seen at least 26 mass shootings since the start of November, with the latest on Sunday, a few Sundays ago, at an LGBTQ nightclub in Colorado Springs. At least five people were killed in the shooting. At least 18 were injured, according to some reports. Sunday is day 324 of the year. 
And the country has already experienced at least 601 mass shootings so far. This average averages out to be, I don't know, more than 13 a week. A lot of these tally comes from the Gun Violence Archive, which is an independent data collection organization. Uh, the group defines a mass shooting as an incident in which four or more people are shot or killed, excluding the shooter. On their website, you can find the full list of mass shootings in 2022 um, thus far. But such shootings are, are an American phenomenon. Mass shootings as well, uh, known by now and are common uh, reoccurrences in, in, in the United States. Um, I think in, in 2021, uh, with 690 uh, mass shootings, um, again, per the Gun Violence Archive, I just, I don't even know where, where to begin when you begin talking about all of this. And the more, I mean, it, it just, I think I left off what happened uh, uh, at, at Walmart, you know, the manager goes into the break room and just shoots up everybody. And there was one other report that I read. I want to say it was on Instagram on one of those, those news uh, pages um, where the manager um, who shot up the folk there at Walmart in Chesapeake um, basically put a note in his phone, you know, um, and it was very cryptic. It was not, um, it wasn't anything that I could, I could understand. Um, but, but it, it started off by saying, sorry, everyone, but I did not plan to do this. And I, I'm quoting, this is uh, what was written in the shooter's uh, phone in his, his death note. Uh, Sorry, everyone, but I did not plan uh, this. I promised things just fell in place like I was led by Satan. Andre Bing wrote in a letter titled Death Note that was stored on his phone. Um, I quote, my only wish would have been to start over from scratch and that my parents would have paid closer attention to my social deficits, end quote. Wow. I, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to read anything else uh, that Mr. Bing, um, who was later found dead inside the break room from what police say was a self-inflicted gunshot wound, um, they also said, police said that he had no criminal history and was dressed in civilian clothing without body armor, et cetera. I, the reason I'm bringing this up is um, there are so many of these happening more and more. Um, and one might ask, you know, what do we do? Where do we go from here as a people? You know, and I I took a look at the American Counseling Association. And, you know, at some point I, I, I wanna bring in the, um, there's so many mental health specialists and therapists and individuals who can provide greater uh, and a more in-depth 
response and ways uh, by which all of us can cope in the aftermath of a shooting. Um, but I, I, I did want to share just a few things that um, I read and I thought it would be important to pass that along to you. Um, so, you know, we, like I said, over the last few weeks, uh, reports of mass shooting and, and shootings have plagued the news. Although people, um, you are resilient and often bounce back after uh, difficult times, these events in particular uh, nearly always interpret our sense of order and safety. The impact also or often extends to individuals who live far outside of the affected area with no personal connections to the event. This is especially true when the event is human-caused with the intent of harming others. Even counselors with advanced training uh, can become overwhelmed by the intensity of these tragic events. So here you go. In the aftermath of recent shootings, the ACA, American Counseling Association, provided some tips and resources for counselors and for those they serve, you and I, as we heal and try to understand and move forward after these shootings. The first one and the most important one, attend to self-care, okay? While, while it may seem counterintuitive to think about taking care of yourself first, you cannot be of service to any others if you are unstable. Monitor all your physical health, uh, being sure to eat, sleep, exercise if possible, and maintain somewhat of a daily routine. I gotta tell you, when the shooting happened, in May in New York, uh, where that young kid went and just killed all of those beautiful people um, there in New York. I, it, it took me a minute, y'all, to to bounce back from from that. Um, I, I just could not wrap myself around what had happened. And we, you know, I'm st I still think about um, Sandy Hook. I live in Connecticut. I remember the day. Um, I know um, a couple of the parents. And still to this day, there is a part of my heart that's still raw and, and still trying to process what happened then. So I can only imagine what many of the families are going through. Okay? So attend to your self-care. Another thing, pay attention to your emotional health. Remember that a wide range of feelings during these difficult times are common. Know that others are also experiencing emotional reactions and may need your time and patience to put their feelings and thoughts in order. Case in point, during the year, I want to say 2021, the height of the COVID pandemic, there were also killing, killings of Black men especially George Floyd. And I remember, I remember trying to compartmentalize and process and, and, and it was just, it was taxing. 
but I was also very vocal about where I was and that I needed some grace from my colleagues and others around me. Pay attention to your emotional health. Try to recognize when you or those around you may need extra support. That should be self-explanatory. It's not uncommon for individuals of all ages to experience stress reactions with, you know, when exposed to a lot of what's happening throughout this country, even through media. Y'all, we live on our smartphones, our devices. Media share shootings, mass violence. It, it, could, it could have a major impact effect on those around us. Avoid overexposure to media. While it is important to stay informed, media portrayals of shootings and mass deaths have been shown to cause acute stress and post-traumatic stress symptoms. Take a break from y'all phone. Take a break from news. Maintain contact with family and friends, okay? Focus on your strength base. Maintain practices that you have found to provide emotional relief. For me, I go to the gym. For me, I read. <laughs> For me, you know, I write. I also like to clean. So like, <laughs> it's a stress reliever. Find something that provides you a little bit of strength. And lastly, talk to others as needed. That one's for me. Because sometimes when you are uber independent, you feel like you can do a lot on your own. Talk to somebody, all right? Talk to somebody. And on behalf of my team here um, inside the room and my family, I am sending all kinds of prayers, good vibes, and thoughts uh, to the individuals impacted by just this year alone, 601 um, mass shootings, lives have been impacted a great deal, okay? So y'all help me in making a difference and helping others as they cope in the aftermath of a lot of these shootings, all right? Y'all keep it locked right here on the official FUBU radio. We got more to talk about. So don't go nowhere, all right? Keep it locked. Hey, what's going on, y'all? And welcome back to Inside the Room. And man, we've been talking about a lot, all right? If you're just now tuning in, uh, we talked a little bit about what's been happening in the news throughout the country, uh, mass shootings, especially the one that just happened there in, um, in Virginia, Chesapeake. Uh, we talked a little bit about my fraternity brother, Reverend Warnock, and uh, his uh, runoff there in Georgia. Y'all continue to support him. Uh, and, you know, we kicked off today's time together talking about the importance of saving your money and not going bro broke during this Christmas or holiday season. All right. Uh, and there are so many ways uh, that you can save money and also lift up the true meaning of the holiday season by spending time with your family. Um, we also know, and you know, one thing that one one of the things that I did leave out is that sometimes people really 
they don't like the holidays because some of their loved ones are no longer here. They have transitioned or they're they're not in the same state. Uh, and so holiday seasons sometimes could be tough for a lot of people. And so people usually, you know, want to shop and have some therapeutic uh, stress uh, reliever, if you would, uh, by shopping and, and spending money on other people. Uh, but I'm still encouraging you. Yes, you. I'm talking to you. Yep. You, 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 you. Save your money. Save your money. Invest and do some great things. All right. Now, our time is almost up. But before we go, before we go, um, I do I do want to end off um, today's time together uh, with a little politics. You know, you, you come inside the room. I got to share with you some politics. So let me take a quick water break here. This is why it's cool to have guests come on because it'll give you a chance, uh, <laughs> give you a chance to breathe. Um, but y'all know, y'all know, Mr. Mr. Trump, he uh, has basically positioned himself uh, to be back in the center of, of the news and conversation regarding his third attempt to running for president of, of these United States. Um, we also know, just by way of news, <laughs> just recently, uh, yay, better known as Kanye West, um, something about he's he met with former President Donald Trump and asked Donald, would you be interested in serving as my vice president? Ah! Oh, God, somebody pray. Please pray. Now, I, you know, I I could probably spend my entire segment unpacking and, and giving thoughts on Kanye West's uh, behavior, um, albeit I am I am not a therapist, I am not a psychiatrist, any of the any of that. Um, but you know, Kanye, he says some things that y'all be thinking about and y'all afraid to say. And I'm not saying that because I support Kanye West. Let me just put that out there. Now, I did just buy some more Yeezys. Y'all keep playing with me. I'm still buying Yeezys because when that man comes back, whenever he comes back or Adidas, you know, they get their act together. I probably can make some money. Anyway, so he met with former president Donald Trump there in Mar-a-Lago Mar and um, Basically, basically as Donald Trump, again, would you be interested in serving as my vice president? Of course, y'all can imagine in the words of Kanye West, he said he kind of looked at him like some sort of a mob type, you know, and basically was like, who, who the F are you? You know what I mean? Um, and so anyway, y'all know how that went. But if you are one of those folks obsessed with following the next presidential elections, you will consume, like me, the weekly or daily um, or hourly polls, even though you know they have a collective half-life of an ice cream cone. 
All right. You'll watch every debate, no matter how early, in search of the fatal or uh, resonant sound bite. But if you really want to know whether Donald Trump is ascendant or in free fall, you, you might do better to focus on what might seem like a recipe for narcolepsy. The Republican Party's delegate selection process across the 50 plus states, territories, and commonwealths. Now listen, over the next year and a half, there will be no better clue to the strength and weaknesses of Trump and his competitors. Why? Glad you asked. Well, for one thing, the way that delegates are chosen by state primaries, conventions, and caucuses are far more important than a dozen debates and tens of millions of dollars of campaign money, all right? And how the GOP state party decides how their convention delegates are selected may also tell you whether these state parties are out to hobble the former president or put him on a glide path to another nomination. Put on your seatbelt so I can explain to you, all right? To understand why, here's a brief primer. First, it's important to note that Republicans and Democrats have very, very different rules. As befits the party's different inclinations towards state versus federal power. That should be a given. Democrats have, uh, for more than, I want to say, two to maybe three or four decades or so, imposed on states a requirement that delegates be allocated proportionately. Those with really, really long memories may recall the 1972 convention fight over whether California would use its winner-take-all approach or not. It could, and that was the key to George McGovern's nomination, but it was the beginning of the end of that particular approach. Now, by contrast, the Republican National Committee pretty much leaves the decision up to the states. Now, once the first wave of contests is over, the GOP can proportionately uh, use uh, representation. Winner take all by congressional district, winner take all by state if a candidate gets 50% of the vote, or winner take all by plurality. In recent years, and I want y'all to make sure y'all still with me, that's meant many Republican primaries have ended up in some version of the winner-take-all. How important is this difference? Well, let's travel back to, uh, I don't know, to 2008. Then Secretary Hillary Clinton lost the nomination to then-Senator, former President, well, he wasn't a president then, but Senator Barack Obama in large measure because her campaign did not understand the impact of proportional representation. Here's an example. Winning big states by narrow margins actually netted Hillary Clinton fewer delegates than Obama got by winning small states by large margins. For example, Clinton won the Ohio primary with more than 1.26 million voters, giving her a 53 to 45% plurality 
I can say the word plurality. <laughs> she netted only seven more delegates than Obama. Okay. Now in the Idaho caucuses, only 21,000 Democrats participated, but Obama's 80 to 17% margin netted him 12 delegates. And what if, just what if, hear me out, what if Democrats had the same rules as Republicans with winner-take-all allocation in many states? Let's take Elaine uh, Kamrak, longtime member of the Democratic Rules Committee and author of Primary Politics. Now, she did some math, and she says, in 2008, if the Democrats had the same rules as Republicans, she'd have been the nominee. Indeed, Camrock calculates Clinton would have beaten Obama handedly 1899 delegates to 1511. That's 1,899 delegates to 1,511. Now, consider Trump's path to the nomination in 2016. Ben, Ben, um, what is Ben's last name? Oh, Jesus. Oh, oh, Ben Ginsburg, who spent decades as the Republican Party's chief uh, warrior, courtroom warrior, says that while Trump was the clear front runner, the GOP winner take all rules accelerated the nomination and made it less messy. He would have had less of a plurality, and it's conceivably, and it's conceivably, he would uh, have had more of a nasty fight. So, just look, look at how Trump's and Clinton's fortune contrasted in New York's 2016 party primaries. Trump won about 60% of the vote, but by crossing the 50% threshold, he won all 89 of the state's bound delegates. Clinton won almost the same percent of the primary vote, 58%, but under the Democratic rules, she only netted 139 of the bound delegates to Bernie Sanders' 108. Now, I, I am such a cornball and a geek for all of this. And I know y'all are like, Brandon, that is a mouthful. But here's why this is critical context for the 2024 race. First of all, it suggests that Trump's campaign has an underappreciated uh, advantage in share experience. Y'all heard me. He's been around the block. It takes almost a significant effort to figure out how the several dozen states set their rules. And, and, and Ginsburg says, you know, and I quote, there ought to be a lot of attention paid to all of this, but how many campaigns will be sophisticated enough to realize this, Ginsburg says. The Trump campaign might well be. Y'all need to wake up. Y'all keep sleeping on this man. I'm not. I am not going to be dead at the will. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. And if you want to read a little bit more 
Um, there's a great article where I pulled a lot of this information. It's an opinion. It's an early clue on Trump's Republican support. That is the title of this particular uh, opinion in political.com. Um, this opinion uh, was, was basically offered by Jeff Greenfield, um, and he's a five-time Emmy-winning network television analyst and author. And I, res I respect him a great deal. Uh, and I took a lot of information from it. Um, and I thought it was worth sharing with you all. But y'all better pay attention. Trump and his folks are not fooling around with us. All right. But the Trump, you know, the campaign itself reportedly sees a potentially large field of contenders, like a lot of folks from the Republican Party putting their name in, DeSantos and others. There's so many, y'all. Um, and that might allow the former president to seize the GOP nomination with a relatively small plurality of the vote, just as he did in 16. And the Trump campaign has already seen what said set of rules works to its advantage in such a field. Now, beyond experience, beyond experience, beyond what I just hung my hat on about Trump and his folks being smart and sophisticated around deciding which approach they will take that will secure the nomination, okay? Trump has a strong base within many state parties, which may well endure even as a peso of GOP office holders, potential candidates, and conservatives who urge the party to move beyond Trump. Remember, Trump worked throughout his presidency to remove heretics from the party's ranks, notably former RNC chair, um, uh, what's his name, Priebus, a wealth uh, Vance, if there was ever one. <laughs> um, who else? Uh, there were so many others, okay? Uh, he also, Trump, notes that McDaniel has locked up 100 public endorsements, more than 85 needed to win. I mean, it goes on and on, but this suggests that while polls show a weakening level of support for Trump among Republicans, the activists in control of the machinery may have a much more favorable view of Donald Trump. So I'll end here. How might this play out over the next year? I am so glad you continue to ask. Y'all pay attention. Look at Ohio, where in 2016, then Governor John uh, Kissick won all 66 delegates by winning 47% of the vote. Suppose Governor Mike DeWine has enough clout and the state party ranks to try to put his state in the anti-Trump camp. Now, if there's a multi-candidate race going on, the Ohio GOP may want to uh, jetson the winner-take-all rule uh, and keep Trump from amassing a large chunk of delegates. Now, by contrast, suppose New York Republicans are firmly in Trump's corner. Yeah, I had to chuckle at that. They might be, though. Who knows? Trump might be confident he can win a significant portion of voters, but not a majority. So in a state like New York, his campaign might press 
uh, to drop the 50% threshold and fight for a winner take all by plural plurality standard. Right now, if other campaigns see pockets of regional strength in the state, they might push for a winner take all by congressional district. If there's a large number of candidates, they might uh, form alliances to seek proportional representation, hoping to prevent Trump or Ron DeSantis or whoever might emerge as a front runner from sweeping up piles of delegates under winner take all rules and extending the nomination fight. The campaigns will be on high alert as these crucial decisions are made over the next year. Did y'all know all of that? Isn't that some juicy stuff? Juicy! Juicy! <laughs> oh God. I mean, it is, it is, it, it, it is very interesting that we're still talking about this tyrant of a person. Um, but anyway, anyway, I am just here to share good news. Yeah, I didn't even believe that. But y'all pay attention to Trump. Y'all do. Please, 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 please. Pay attention. Read your newspaper. Do what you need to do. Um, because it's about to get real. All right. Anyway, um, it's about that time. I need y'all to get to the grocery store, go to church, take an afternoon nap. I don't know what you're doing. Um, but before you go, don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked right here on the official FUBU radio. All right. I got one more thing for you. One more. Yes. Don't go nowhere. Keep it locked. Oh, welcome back inside the room and y'all. Uh, I hate this. I hate, I hate that our time, it goes by so fast. It goes by so fast and it just sucks. But on a good note, you know, it's always a pleasure uh, to have spent time with you and to talk about important issues um, in our communities, uh, national politics, all that good stuff. And, um, you know, I, I, I am still, I still marvel uh, at the idea of people bettering themselves. It is such a disciplined uh, approach, um, technique uh, that requires thinking and it requires you to pause a moment. And y'all remember when I um I talked to y'all last week and I told y'all to slow down a little bit. Um I just want to remind you again. Slow down a little bit. Slow down a little bit. Take some time for yourself. Just like I took time to drink that water. <laughs> Take some time for yourself. Um and reassess even as we close out 2023. Um Think about what, I mean, not close out 2023. What am I talking about? Close out 2022. Um, I, I just, I really, really encourage you all um, to start mapping out, mapping out your journey, mapping out your plan. Um, I, I, at one point in life, I thought I could multitask. Um, I still do somewhat of a decent job of multitasking. 
but I'm not as effective as I am when I have a singular focus on something uh, and I try to master whatever that is. Um, life requires you to multitask. Don't get me wrong. All right. I'm not naive. But when you're doing 20 and, and 30 things by yourself, it becomes that more difficult uh, for you to do what it is you need to do uh, to accomplish the goal that you set for yourself. So take your time, plan, figure out what that thing is. So in 2023, you're making your money. You're, you're clarifying your mission. You have better health. I don't know, whatever it is, figure it out. All right. So do me this favor, make sure over the next month, and I'll remind you every single week, make sure you are doing something for yourself, whether it's self-care, seeing a therapist. I just finished talking to y'all about the importance of self-care. Um, do something, do something for yourself. All right. And try not to spend all y'all money on Christmas gifts. Will you do that? Will you do that for me? All right. Well, make sure you keep it locked right here on the official FUBU radio where we are just so proud of the FUBU brand, what's happening with FUBU. Did you hear that they're dropping a new line? Yo, I'm so excited about it. I got to make sure to get my, um, my fit, my apparel. <laughs> so we might have to, to, to invite Keith, one of the founders and our founder, founder of the official FUBU radio, uh, inside the room to just kind of give us an update as to what's happening uh, with the brand. And I think we could use FUBU. I think we could use some more clothing from them. Um, and I know some of y'all thought that they were a music group, but no, 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 no. They're doing some amazing work and special shout out to all of, of you uh, doing great things. Happy holidays. Um, I still got leftovers, y'all. <laughs> I still got leftovers. Oh, yeah, we'll talk about that. And I even tried to make seafood dressing. I think I added too much sugar. My aunt said it tastes like bubble gum. Anyway, until next time, <laughs> I will see y'all. Y'all do what my, my good buddy has always said and continues to say on this day. Y'all keep hope alive. And guess what? I love you. Peace.